Welcome to Long Story Short, a podcast where we review two-sided topics on the minds of college students and condense them into informative, civil, 30-minute conversations in order to create wider campus discussions. this week's episode of Long Story Short, the, new, the University of Utah's relationship with nearby indigenous communities. The University of Utah, as well as many other universities across the country, have used indigenous memorabilia as mascots and logos. However, we see this changing in the modern day. What has the University of Utah done to honor local indigenous communities and what else could they do? What are the experiences of indigenous students on campus? For today's guest speakers, we have Isaiah Cambridge, um, who is in his third year at the University of Utah, majoring in film, um, and is also a part of the Omega Delta Phi um, fraternity and uses he, him pronouns. Uh, and also we have Jessica Begay, who's a recent graduate of the University of Utah, um, studying writing and rhetoric um, and uses she, her pronouns. How are you guys doing today? Um, doing good. <laughs> I'm doing great as well. Good. Yeah, it's a Saturday morning, kind of cloudy outside. One of those days you don't want to get out of bed, but we're here. <laughs> um, all right. So just as a background, and if I may ask, um, I know, Isaiah, you grew up on a reservation. Can I ask what your experience living and growing up there was like? Um, yeah. So I grew up on the Northern Ute Reservation, and I spent a year or so on the Navajo Nation. Um, i say it's a lot different from the city, for sure. It's uh, very rural. Not a lot of stuff, not nearly as many, um, I think, convenient things around. When I lived in Pinon, I remember there was only one one gas station, one grocery store, and then like a lot of unfinished roads that led for miles out to people's homes, which was probably the majority where people lived, um, which was like probably 45 minutes away from like the closest anything, hmm. I think, for those people. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty barren, pretty barren like third world country almost in a first world uh, first world area I guess interesting um, and then how has your experience been like moving here to the city and being a student on campus it's a lot of people <laughs> everywhere is a lot of people um, student wise it's just like back home people know you're Native American because like everyone else kind of like looks like you out here no one thinks you're Native American unless mm. you tell them you're Native American you get a lot of people who assume you're Latino or Pacific Islander or any other ethnicity under the sun before they guess you're Native American. Yeah, that's weird because I've, I've thought I think about that, too, now. And I yeah, as a, a white person. Yeah, <laughs> no, and I've definitely had similar experiences where they come up to you and people personally, they don't even consider Native American at first. They actually go straight to Latina or, like you said, Pacific Islander. And unfortunately, that doesn't really make us feel great mm. because it kind of feels excluded. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Right. And what has your your experience been like growing up? Right. Um, I grew up on the Navajo Nation. Um, I'm from my hometown is from in Gallup, New Mexico. Um, and I also grew up in Crown Point, New Mexico. And in Crown Point, 
there is not many resources. There's not many. There's even just only one grocery store. There's one gas station, and there are no opportunities for people to even like go to the um, libraries or even simple things like going to like a laundromat. There are no. There's literally very minimal resources available to people. That's uh, how. What made you want to move to Utah? Like to come to the University of Utah. What was that that like for you? Personally, it was very scary. It is scary stepping up onto a university where there are people who do not look like you and there are so many resources and opportunities available to you. And especially um, since you're Native American, but when you're put into like a category, you kind of feel like you're excluded from everyone else's groups and you have to find your way and a world that is kind of not exactly designed for you. And I think with that, I kind of press forward thinking about the minimal resources where I come from and in my hometown of both Crown Point and Gallup. And I consider other reservations as well and from other tribes. And I just overall considered everything about my own experiences and about American other American Indians and I think that is what continued for me to push on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. So we'll move on a little bit more to the uh, University of Utah's relationship with um, local communities. So historically, the University of Utah, as well as a bunch of other universities across the country, have used nearby indigenous tribes as mascots and have used their symbols as logos. The used mascot has changed to swoop. Um, however, I still see the quote unquote drum and feather logo everywhere. Uh, do you feel the U is taking the measures that they need to when it comes to replacing this logo with the block U? The original logo was designed by a Ute person, actually. Really? Yeah. yeah. And the University of Utah talks with the Northern Ute tribe, the one that they correspond with, my tribe, hmm. um, a lot. And most of the time, the only people that can use the the, Ute, the current Ute logo with the German feather is the athletic department. Um, and we, uh, our tribe is completely fine with it. The Northern Ute tribe, I'm pretty sure the both Ute bands of Ute Mountain Ute and Southern Ute are also fine with it. Not completely sure on that front, but because I think the Ute mostly corresponds with us, but we're we're okay with it. Okay. Our tribe is fine with it. Yeah, I read the the memorandum in preparation for this that uh, the the you signed with the the tribe in 2020, um, and so I thought I thought that was really interesting that um, the you is finally yeah. taking those measures that need to be taken. Um, and do you feel on that track? Do you feel the University of Utah fully fulfills their obligations to the Ute tribe as stated in the memorandum? Um, yes and no. Mm. I think for, okay, so there is, when it, when it comes to like Native people, there's a blood quantum that usually you have to meet in order to be considered a Native American to the federal government. And for some tribes, the blood quantum is a little different. For the Ute tribe, you have to be above five-eighths to be considered a Native American, a part of the Ute tribe, at least part of the Northern Ute tribe. Um... And so once you reach, reach that point in blood quantum, you qualify for a bit of more things than um, someone who may not be that blood quantum. Uh, example, I think like some people back home who are full blood do get some resources from the tribe as well as like some scholarship opportunities when they, um, when they apply to higher education. Me, I don't get 
uh, I'm not enrolled in any tribe, Navajo Nation or you, even though I'm a full-blood Native American, because of some specific rules around since my parents are enrolled you tribe, but technically I'm not enough blood, um, I can't get enrolled in Navajo Nation either because of because of the overlap there. So it's confusing and intertribal politics is yeah. something that exists. So um, that's something I get a lot when I'm around the city, especially from older people. I tell them I'm Native American and they'll be like, oh, you get that free college education. It's like, actually, <laughs> no, I just... I've just been thankful enough to I did enough in high school that I could get enough scholarships to pay for. That's crazy. Right. Well, that's another thing that people don't really consider is that Native Americans really have to keep their GPA high enough to even be considered for scholarships because a lot of the times people don't, like as you said, qualify in the blood quantum and they literally have to fight for scholarships or even residency. Um, A lot of my friends had to go up to the dean to even say that they are Native American to claim residency here in the state of Utah. I uh, I can't even imagine feeling like such a cultural connection and then not even being able to attend the university. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> and yeah. I didn't know that. Um, even in doing all of this research, that's not something that I even discovered. So that's right. crazy. It's, it's current reality that students are facing today. Um, I mean, a bunch of our friends are even trying to establish residency here and trying to um, get apartments, get any student housing available. And unfortunately, due to lack of funding for Native Americans and lack of scholarships, it is hard to stay here in the city. It is hard to stay here with all of the opportunities and the resources. It is difficult to even just remain here for one semester. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think everyone's journey as a Native American on this campus is really unique and defined in a way that is kind of difficult. Um, me, yeah, like Jess said, me, a couple of our friends are, gosh, the, I think about their situation and I think about my situation and it's very, it's a hard pill to swallow to think like that they're, they're in a lot. Some of them are in tons of student debt and some of them are still changing their majors because they're still trying to figure out uh, where they're supposed to be and what passions they have. Um, I'm very thankful that I have a lot of advocates, at least from my tribe, who are able to help me find financial aid or even push the university specifically because the Northern Ute Reservation, the U, do have a special connection on that front and they do help me out with finding like possibilities. Um, So I would say like without them, I wouldn't be here. I would say a lot of time, in other people's situations, Native Americans, they don't have that same advocacy. And it's very difficult. It's very hard. A lot of people are coming here culturally shocked, extremely, because it's like their world all of a sudden gets flips upside down. You're in a city now. You're around people that don't know anything about where you grew up and you're kind of invisible in the population. That sucks. (laughs) That's, That's like all I can think of to say is like that sucks a lot um yeah I don't don't know where to go from that you guys answered like all the other questions I had um (laughs) so do just as like a, a closing thought do you think there is what like what steps need to be taken in order to help native students feel a part of the community here at the university 
I know that's a big question <laughs> and you can think about it <laughs> or there could be nothing. I don't know. That is the golden question. Right. Um, Native Americans alone make up 1.7 of the population in the U.S. Um, for the 30 plus thousand students here at the university, there's probably only 300 Native Americans here. Um, and it's a really, really small population. Culturally, uh, we really tend to keep to ourselves, I think, a lot. You don't see many Native Americans stepping out into the limelight a ton because um, depending what tribe you are, that's not necessarily the thing that we do. We, we really like to just uh, hunker down, focus on what we need to get done, um, and do what we can with the people that we, we know and we trust. Um, something I noticed from my tribe, specifically in the Northern Utes, we don't, we don't talk a lot to people we don't know. We don't, cause we don't, we don't, we have a hard time trusting people we don't know cause it's, it's just very unique. Um, I think with just connecting up natives to other natives is a big step and allowing natives to culturally exist with each other in any capacity is huge. It's a lot. We have a group of friends that we're not all one tribe. We have Pueblos, Navajos, Utes. Um, all of us come together and talk about things. And it's, I think it's just hard trying to find that circle of people um, that understands. It's really hard. Right, especially with a limited amount of American Indians in the population. Um, since I'm a recent grad, um, I believe we had the largest graduating class in the University of Utah, but unfortunately, out of those 8,000 plus students who graduated, there was only 30 American Indian students who graduated. And I believe among those 30 students that many times they felt alone because that's how it is in this journey through fighting your way through a world that feels like it's against you every single day. But I believe when you find that connection in that community with other American Indians, it lifts you up and it empowers you to continue on and to remember where you come from and to remember all of the teachings and all of the traditions and all of the value that we gained from remembering all of the knowledge from our elders. It's important that we remember that and acknowledge it. And I believe that the university can learn from that, acknowledge that Native Americans are very traditional oriented. And I believe that from then on, maybe then we could start building communications and better, um, better community. Yeah, that's great. Um, I, uh, we've reached the end of our time here, but is there anything else you guys want to plug, add on quick something? Um, I think I have my own like, uh, ideas I would like to say to the majority population. Um, and this is just from st stuff that I see quite often. There's a lot of stuff surrounding white sage and being used. And I you can say, like, you can still burn white sage, but really understand where you're buying it from. Don't, don't buy it off of some website that's run by some local people who aren't Native American. 
Um, for some reason, smudging has become a really popular thing in the past 10 years. And people tend to say like, oh, my gosh, I love using white sage when the original people, it's a Native American herb that's actually being over farmed now because of that trend that's taking off. As well as like watch where you buy dream catchers from that plastic dream catcher you buy off of Amazon that's from like some foreign country is not helping out any Native American person. It's not authentic. And it's just. Right. And I think um, it's also important to support Native artists as well. Go directly to the source. Don't go to someone who's just copying and taking from our community. Yeah. And that comes with jewelry as well. I find a lot of fake jewelry stands that um, that do make me just slightly upset. I'm not going to go after any person for selling fake Native American jewelry. I, I think it just has like a really close place in my heart because my grandfather is a silversmith back home and it carries a lot of cultural weight with it. I learned how to make rings when I was younger with him. He This necklace I'm wearing right now, he made this necklace. And so it's like... I those things need to stay sacred and be sacred to to Native Americans because what little we have left is so so important once you step off the reservation, um, and so like anything that may resemble Native heritage or anything like that, please just <laughs> get, understand the source you're taking it from and probably if it's not Native, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. I'm not gonna tell you not to buy it. Just I wouldn't do it myself. Yes. And I'm, I think another thing is support your Native students. Um, I think lift them up and I think empower them. And remember that we're here. We're not someone that is in the past or who is history. We are here and we are still here as active community members. And I believe with that, um, the university actually tried to shut down our resource center, the American <laughs> Indian Resource Center. And with that, we were not only dealing with the stress from our academics and from our own personal lives, but we were dealing with the stress of losing our resource center. And with that, I just, I don't think with this community right now, it's, it's very difficult to continue to be strong. But I think right now we need to come together and I think learning of these issues is very important for other students as well here on campus. Sorry, I just have one more thing. No, you're too. good. Go. This is your guys' time. Um, watch when you say alcoholic or alcohol in the same sentence as ute because that there's a really big stigma that Native Americans are alcoholics. Um, and being, being Native American, coming from the reservation and seeing like the effects of how alcohol affects our communities, it's just so rough to see i'm not gonna lie it's really rough to see these these white kids come in and be like oh my gosh you're so crazy or like anything like that and having you in the same sentence is just like respect respect that name please for anything um th there's even more stuff you could dive into like the, the names of specific tribes and even when I say like respect the name you like there's it's an entire people of tribes even then there's like a, a name we call ourselves that people don't don't know and Navajo is pretty similar too there's a name that we call ourselves in Navajo that people don't know because it's a name given to us by people that didn't know how to say our names correctly Europeans um, fun fact the real name for Ute is actually Nooch 
which means person or Native American, and the people is Nuchu. Um, and I think that's just really important for people to, to know and understand. Um, and like Jess was saying, don't treat us like a relic. We're, we're alive. We're people. We, we exist. I've gotten the th- like comment so many times. I didn't know Native Americans still exist. I didn't know that they were still alive. I thought they were, like died out. And it's just, it's, it's, it's annoying. It, it gets annoying after time. And uh, I guess education about native populations is an important one. Know the land you're staying on, know the tribes that correlate with it. Um, and probably think about the history that got this area to this point. Cause it's something that I know I, as a native American look at the city um, and I've read the history books of what this place used to be before it became Salt Lake. And it's really, um, it's disheartening and sad to think about where everything, what everything used to be and how the city came to this point. And people like the rich history of the LDS pioneers coming through the mountains and settling on this place called the land. And there was nothing here before that point. And that's a lie. Like, that's such a lie. My People were here and a lot of people died to make Salt Lake what it was. So, And to make the University of Utah what it is today. I think even just walking up and down the um, mountain, just reflecting and looking at the stadium, looking at the buildings, looking at the library, I imagine how many people were killed. How many of the ancestors? Because it is the unfortunate reality that we face. Yeah, it's a backwards history. It's a really rough history. I mean, me and Jess could probably just go back and forth all day talking about this. Honestly, alone. you could. Uh, um, it's just. I feel like we, normally we would do a panel after this, but I personally, we're three white people, and I don't want to talk over your voices. Um, so if you want to keep going, I say go for it. Okay, I'll say something. <laughs> To the Native American students who do hear this at all, in any capacity, know that you matter, know that you exist, and that you are very important to this community. Not just this community currently at the University of Utah, but to any community that you belong to, you're seen as a beacon and a sign of hope to people who care about you and who need you to do well. So I don't mean to get emotional. Um, Coming from the reservation and coming to this point was really... I've gone through ups and downs in every sort of way, confused where to go. And I, I have thought many times, like, I can't make it. I'm not going to make it here. I got to go home. I can't, I can't do this. And I'm still here. I've talked with my grandmother, my grandfather, and it's really intriguing to see that uh, attaching myself deeper into my culture has taken me farther than I think I could have imagined ever. Um, I'm learning Navajo right now, and I will say to people who don't know or who are wanting to learn how to speak, it's there's no greater feeling than to go home with your two grandparents and start speaking in a language that you thought was um, unattachable, I guess, and learning that stuff because it means a lot. It means a lot to your community. It means a lot to your family, and it will fill a hole in, in you that you didn't realize could be filled. Okay. Well, thank you for your time. I really, really appreciate you guys coming out here um, and speaking on such an important topic um, because there is such a lack 
of education on this topic and as a a hopeful future educator myself like th these are the things that i i need to be educated on and so i really appreciate you being willing to come out here and speak on your experiences it's really great so congratulations on graduating thank you so much um and uh we'll see you guys next time thank you That's been a long story made short. Thank you for listening. Long Story Short is an affiliate of Our Stories, UteCasts, and University of Utah Student Media. Please make sure to visit our social media accounts at our.stories with a one on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and soon to be TikTok.